The following is presented by Lanier Technical College, Concept One Pulley Systems, and Year One Classic Muscle Car Restoration Parts. Okay, hit it. Hang on, you're now part of the fastest podcast on the planet, brought to you by Lanier Technical College, Concept One Pulley Systems, and Year One Classic Muscle Car Restoration Parts. Coming to you from the Jacobs Media Studios in beautiful downtown Gainesville, Georgia. On today's show, breaking your new truck in half, trailer towing challenges, and overweight EVs. We're talking 9,000 pounds. Plus, special guest Andy and Pooja Duff from Colorworks by Duff, and even more informative automotive buffoonery with Bud and Tim. Let's kick it in overdrive. Welcome in, folks. This is Bud Hughes, resident car nut, and Tim DePasquale, upholsterer to the stars. How you doing, Tim? I'm good, bud. How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing great. There's a lot of misinformation, both from the trailer side and the truck side, on choosing trailers and proper tr- trucks to pull them. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. People don't understand all the terminologies. Before you, know, you, you buy a truck, oh yeah, you should do a deep dive and have discussions with people that are in the towing business, people that are selling campers uh, so that you don't buy less vehicle than you need. Right, because the camper person is interested in selling you a camper. Right. And the truck person is interested in selling you a truck. Right, right. And sometimes never the twain shall meet. And, and as we were talking about, I think, on last week's show, and we might be talking about further on this week's show, that uh, these vehicles are getting much heavier these days. Oh, yeah. So the, uh, a three-quarter ton truck does not have that much capacity for hauling or towing left after you take the weight of the vehicle itself. Yeah, you start adding extra doors and, and, you know, longer beds and things like that. I would recommend, at least, at the very minimum, a dual-wheel three-quarter truck is best with a dual-axle trailer that has dual brakes on it, and I'd want it to be a gooseneck or a fifth wheel, and you can get those in small sizes. Oh, absolutely. And I've towed a lot of trailers with race cars and stuff mm-hmm. in them, and they, all, and they all react a little differently, and if you're new to this stuff, Man, get get something that is super safe because you got your whole family in there. Right, exactly. So you're right. We're going to discuss this with an expert. I know where there happens to be a local expert, and when we uh, when we have him on or when we mention his name, mm-hmm. uh, you will be able to go to the website of the dealership and talk to him. And it's going to be, you know, that name will be on the podcast, and uh, it's out there for everybody to hear. Okay, well, he he knows his stuff for sure. But I'm, I'm a big uh, dual axle brakes on the trailer. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand nowadays, and maybe you can enlighten me, why I remember when camper trailers were, you know, they weren't so high off the ground. Some of right. them now you can just about, you know, you can't walk under them, but that's an exaggeration. But, no, but... Uh, but do you remember you talked about the dead cat space when uh-huh. we were talking about modifying my truck? Right. Um, some of them are so high off the fenders in that. And I, you know, right, because people are going to such extreme remote locations that they need more ground it? clearance. Well, if you watch videos of people taking their camper yeah, okay. with four-wheel drive trucks, and you're like, how in the world did you even get up there? But boy, I hate seeing like a big fifth wheel going down the road on a single axle truck, and the front of the truck is... Is you know, up is high doing and, the Carolina yeah, squat, right. and it's, those, it's not a good idea. Yeah, no control. Uh-huh. No, no, and... Uh, and you really have to be realistic about how you load your trailer, sure. And how you load your truck. Mm-hmm. It's 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 all. Take some time. It's got to be read some out. camping magazines. Amen. Something. 
uh, take some time because I've read some real horror stories and seen them on, on Facebook and that about people that, you know, lose control of their trailer and then it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's too late. Then. Well, I just saw a picture last night of a uh, truck with a slide-in type camper and the frame of the truck was broken in yeah. half. Yeah, we had talked about that uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's all over the internet. And it's not necessarily the manufacturer's fault. No, it isn't. Okay. Have you seen this thing all over? All over the internet. The internet. Yep. Uh, a camper breaks a dually 3,500 in half. Okay. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a very telling picture. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's Mopar, the dealer that refused. I, I think it, he, this particular owner went right to, uh, to Ram or Mopar and uh, wanted them to pay the re- repair bill or the insurance company did. I really don't know. Uh, according to them... The owner based, according to Mopar, the owner based his purchase on the specs of a regular cab long bed model with a gas engine and two-wheel drive. All right. The payload spec on that truck is 7,680 pounds. Which is quite a bit. It is. However, he did not buy that truck. No. He bought a crew cab 4x4 dually with a diesel engine. Payload capacity of 5,850 pounds. Why would that be, Tim? Well, because the truck itself is heavier. Yeah, it's got, it's it's a bigger truck. It's a bigger truck. The diesel engine is heavier. Crew cab. The transmission's heavier. The crew cab makes it heavier. So you take that off of your total available capacity, and what do you wind up? You wind up with payload of 5,850 pounds. Right, and he said his camper probably weighed about 6,500 pounds. Uh-oh, there Uh-oh. could be a problem. Well, it worked all right for about 25,000 miles. I guess the, the moral of the story is do your homework and don't just assume. Mm-hmm. Don't assume that if you get a bigger truck that the capacities are higher than a truck that doesn't have, uh, you know, dual wheels and things like that. I'm a big dual wheel fan because of the way they handle, right? especially with a fifth wheel or a uh, a gooseneck on them uh, but all this stuff adds weight and you gotta you gotta you really gotta be aware right because this guy's truck broke in half uh not while he, he was going down the highway thankfully yeah or he realized something was going on but the picture shows a four foot almost a four foot overhang in the rear including part of the slide out and a platform for bikes or motorcycles on the receiver mm-hmm so man, you you know you're stressing the truck, yeah, every which way you can. So, well, I just thought it was an interesting story. I wish him well, and uh, so like and, said, and he's got probably a hundred thousand dollars in the truck, and I don't know how much a slide-in camper costs I now, but anymore, another but fifty thousand probably money, yeah. for a hundred and fifty thousand. He might have had some different options. Well, but, four-wheel drive was one of them. I know that, and that, yeah. that changes a lot of things. I got a little review here that I want to go through. Uh, it, it involves physics, okay? And mm-hmm. I've seen different discussions online, on Facebook, on social media, about, okay, electric vehicles, we know they're heavier, blah, 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 uh, but they'll be safer. And then I've seen electric vehicles are heavier, they're going to be more dangerous. Mm-hmm. You got a take on this before I yammer well, on? I mean, I've driven very heavy vehicles. Yes, you have, yeah. It's the important thing is how big are the brakes? Well, you got a point. Anytime you're hauling a lot, how quickly can you stop that vehicle? How far down the road are you watching? And the thing about the difference between driving a, an 
F-150 EV or a SUV EV as compared to a tractor trailer is when you're sitting up high enough in a tractor trailer where you can see far enough down the road to plan these moves and yeah, that's, that's a very important point. Yeah, yeah, because you know the one thing telling to me about this whole article was the fact that a uh, study in 2011 found that adding 1,000 pounds of weight to a vehicle could increase the likelihood of being killed in a crash by 47 percent. That's amazing. that's a lot. Well, when you when you think of the EV uh, Hummer. The battery mm-hmm. is three thousand pounds. Right. So the the tr- the car is three three tons to begin with, and then yeah. you add another three thousand pounds. To right. It. That's uh, it's it's going to be, and I know the battery is down low, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But the people that get impacted by a vehicle like this are taking a, a heck of a hit. Oh yeah. And so is your body if you're driving the vehicle, and so is the controllability. The controllability, that is huge because with, especially with these EVs that have instant torque and zero to 60 times that are unheard of in vehicles their size, you get going that fast, that quick, Yep. Uh, things can go off the rails really fast. Well, I think it's going to, it's going to open up another can of worms mm-hmm. uh, in, in the insurance industry. Especially. Oh, sure. You're going to have a, you're going to have a tough time in my opinion, getting getting a decent insurance rate on some of these vehicles because of the dangers right. caused between the fires and the weight. Yeah, there's going to be There's no always such... this, this, this hidden stuff that yep, you don't exactly. think about when you're, you know, in a circle singing Kumbaya, let's buy an let's electric buy bus. Electric. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So, Tim, have you ever watched that television show, How It's Made? Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Sometimes. You know what's really cool about that show? It's not... Well, it, it, the machinery is cool, obviously. I don't really care how they make potato chips i mean i know what a potato chip is and i got a general yeah. idea how you make a potato chip but when you see a machine moving the potato chips and dipping them and right you know whatever it might be whatever product it might be baseball bats or guitar strings sure. it's it's just fascinating to see the machinery at work mm-hmm. well I, I often wonder who in the heck comes up with the machines and who in the heck maintains the machines right well the person that maintains a machine like that is an industrial maintenance technician okay and that can that can that can be electrical. That can be pneumatic. It can mm-hmm. be hydraulic. Uh, you ever been under the uh, under Disney World? You ever take the underground tour where they show how everything works? <laughs> I've never a, been to Disney World. Okay, well that's fine. Disneyland, but I've been Disney to the World, underneath yeah. of a steel mill. Well, there you go. So same kind of thing. I know what a millwright is, and that's <laughs> right, the same go. thing. So right. well, these guys that maintain these machineries, or people that maintain these machineries. You can learn that skill at Lanier Technical College. Oh, okay. And you can, you know, there's a diploma level, there's a certificate level where you can be into advanced manufacturing technic- technician, industrial fluid power, industrial motor controls, process control technicians, and robotic te- technician certificate. Holy cow. And robots are everywhere. Well, you look at the chicken industry. Oh, yeah. All the stuff that goes on there. This is a, a perfect, you know, hand-in-hand program to be working here in the community where we live sure and if you need updated on the new stuff which is the way it is with a lot of the programs at Lanier Technical College you can come back and take the training again oh, or get updated mm-hmm. continuing education right as so, things get better and more complex absolutely they change all the time so this is a great career and again this is another career 
you can stick in your back pocket. Right. Machines aren't just here in Georgia. They're no, across the they're country everywhere. and worldwide. And uh, great career if you're, if you're, you know, oriented that way with uh, how things work. I used to tear stuff apart all the time mm-hmm. just to see how it works. And these programs are have different time schedules available to you. Uh, your, your employer may help you with these you right. know, once you're in the industry itself. So check this out at LanierTechnicalCollege.edu. Okay, I will. I'll get on that right away. All right. What do you, what do you want to fix? Well, who knows what could be broken next? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, today's guests, Tim, are a special couple. Oh, yes. As are you and your wife, Jody. Uh-huh. And I say that because, you know, when you're at the altar and you say forevermore, you know, we'll be together for forevermore. Right. And you work together, and right. it's forevermore and 724. Exactly. It's a different type of situation. And that's yes, what we is. have with this great couple that are in the garage with us today on Overdrive. Uh, it is Pooja and Andy Duff from Colorworks by Duff. Thank welcome you. into Bud's Garage Overdrive. Yes, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having us, man. Yes. So you guys are internationally known now. Internationally is the word I was groping for there internationally known for your work and i've known each of you separately before you became a couple correct and so i want to go back in time a little bit first of all we want to share how you make it happen i mean i'm retired kind of sort of you know and i'm with my wife 24 7 she's in the kitchen i'm in the shop no no big deal you know (laughs) sounds like a dream that's not really together (laughs) but you know like I say, Tim and, and Jody work together twenty four seven. That's why we're building a bigger house. <laughs> <laughs> East wing, west wing. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I want to I want to jump in here and ask Pooja. You know how how did you get in? The, your your portion of being in the business is the entrepreneurial side. I would I would say from my observations. Okay. And Andy's is the artistic side from his observations, from my observation, but you're also very artistic. How, do, how did the entrepreneurial side of you meet the artistic side of Andy? I grew up in business. It's... Um, what, kind, what kind of business were you in? My, mom, family my mom's an entrepreneur. Okay. Um, she, since I was little, she has owned um, businesses, boutiques, um, okay. local you know, small business, and um, I basically remember every evening helping her close um, the shop, or on the weekends helping her do inventory, or counting cash was my favorite. (laughs) That was, that is a prime memory. (laughs) Counting cash. Hmm? Okay, mm-hmm. that might have been my my lead motivator. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you went from being a child to an adult, and and how did you follow that path from being from your mom's business to branching out on your own in business? Honestly, uh, running my own business was never my intention. I wanted to. Um, I my career was working in banking, and that's where I was. And I was quite happy. Numbers are my thing. Again, going back to counting money. And uh, so, like I said, money was the lead motivator to, you know, I started in banking and that was it. And I just never really thought about starting my own business until Andy 
Until Andy. Until Andy. You see, that's very interesting because that's exactly the same story as my wife and I. In fact, she was working at the bank when I started my business that I was doing my... Yep. And every time I got a check, I had to run it to the bank. So I got to see her a lot, and one thing led to another, and she was exactly like you. Money was her thing. (laughs) And thank God, because it's not mine. So did you two meet at the bank? No. We actually had a um <laughs> We we actually met in the racing industry, I should say. We did meet in the racing industry. Mhm. Yep. Okay, so how do we go from banking, counting money and the racing industry? Did you did you get into the racing industry, Pooja? Or? So I was actually working um, in lending, and I just happened to um, work with some people in the racing industry, and that's kind of how about we came about. And then obviously we, we met at church. Yeah. That was our second meeting, and from there we just became best friends. The mm. business aspect came after we were married. So Andy started his business, and I was just. Um, I was doing my career thing, and we would chat about business, and as he started his business, I was a silent partner. You know, we started this together. I would come in, look at all the pretty stuff Andy was doing, encourage, cheering, (laughs) typical wife, (laughs) and then off I went to do my business, you know, my um, career, my job. And we never really thought about merging until as Andy grew, he kept saying, hey, I, I need your help. So I would just do some help with invoicing in the evenings. And then from that, it went into... Um, Overdrive. I was, yes. Overdrive. Yes. Wow. And I was working with a couple at that point. I had switched from banking into working for a small business, and they were... A husband and wife couple and I love the whole the connection yeah. the symmetry yes all of that with them and um, they started growing as I joined the team and um, just I learned so much and it kind of like jogged my memory of when I used to work with mom and the whole business aspect. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. He helped um, my mom get to where she is. And um, so he came to me and said, let's, why don't you quit your job? And I was like, and do what? And he said, come. She told me I was crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. So I, I, you know, as much as we Your answer was? (laughs) Yeah, as much as we loved being together, it was just never, uh, the thought of you know working together kind of scared me because you're putting from a financial aspect of it when you start putting all of your eggs in one basket that was a scary thought process for me here I am you know bringing a steady paycheck every month and you know we have a steady income at least in one aspect of it business up down whatever not but at least we have one Right. right. We know we're not starving. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it was just um, financially, that was a tough decision for me. It took me a good year for him to convince me. And then finally, it came to a point where there was no option. 
because it was just Andy was basically at work from six to whenever, nine to whenever, whenever. it takes. Yeah, yeah. weekends. Nine. Yeah, it yeah. was just you know I think just bringing her on board from the from the business manager aspect of it. You know, there was only so much I can do and still be in the back working. And it only made sense to bring her on board, you know, with her skill set. You know, as she came, there were, there were things that, there were strengths that she had that I didn't realize and strengths that I had that she didn't realize. It was, Mm -hmm. it was, it was, and it was, it was a give and take. Sure. You create so much more of a connection when you're working together and you find out all about each other's weaknesses and strengths. And And I must say, we had the best premarital coaches. (laughs) (laughs) We did. They were our full-on saving graces when we started working together. Yes, you know, you have your little chit-chats and discussions when you're married and you kind of say, oh, yes, we learned this. You know, I think we need to... This is, this is what we need to do. But when you start working together, that's a different level of emotional and mental intimacy for a husband that and husband and wife that you have not connected. Exactly. It's a whole level of trust. It is. Trust. With, trust with, mm-hmm. you know, with, with one another and, and just, yeah. I, I <laughs> <laughs> so going back to that, we started talking about the weaknesses and strengths, and that's our big thing, big motto. Even with our team, at work, ColorWorks by Duff team, we work in our strengths. And realizing what your strength is is half the battle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't forget about the weaknesses. Weaknesses also make a person an individual. They're not a bad thing. However, recognizing your strengths are the key. Right. That right. way you know exactly what you need to do and you stay in, I'm not saying stay in a box, obviously, but. No, and you can recognize when when each other, depending yes. on the moment, the team needs absolutely yes. needs a break or needs some help or yeah. you know jump in there. Yes, that happens with us all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You take this one, baby. Yeah, <laughs> take one for the team. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I think as as a husband wife team, you know, with our clients. Um, it brings a family structure yes. mm-hmm. and brings a family environment, even with our team. You know, we treat those guys as family. Yes, they are. You know, we're with each other probably more than we are our families, except for mm-hmm. the weekend. Right. So, um, you know, just, you know, with our clients, they feel comfortable. Husband, wife, team, family environment. And it's just been successful for us. Yeah, mm-hmm. it makes a huge difference. Yep. Yes. When did the when did the painting side start for you? We've already, you know, Pooja's told us about the business side and and liking to count money. When did you start? <laughs> when did you start? You know, dabbling with paint. Early age. So you know, as far back as I can remember, you know, with model cars and with matchbox cars, you know, taking things apart and painting, and you know, even if it was with a sharpie, I'm, I'm tinting the windows or I'm, you know, whatever. So being able to, I've always had that artistic side, um, and that carried through to motorcycles. Um, my grandfather, my mother's father, was a painter. My great uncle uh, was probably one of the best fiberglass Corvette guys around. Mm-hmm. Um, the great uncle on my grandmother's side, her brother, um, was a, a paint and body guy. So you know, I've grown up around this, and I've always been intrigued by it, and just you know. At first, it was self-taught, and then some internships and some schooling, and 
you know, it's a little bit, a little bit of all of it. And then there's some, there's some successes and failures along the way, you know, uh, through the years, but it started at an early age for me. I've always, I've always loved creating. Are you also the guy that'll, that will take the washer apart and try to fix it? Um, that's me. That's me. I think I take take one for the team on that one. Yeah. I like to take things apart and put them together. She does. However, she does. I have to move things around the house. Oh, okay. If something yeah. stays in the house in one place for too long, I'm gonna some, paint it. <laughs> it will be refinished. Let's just say. <laughs> well, that's funny. You should say that. We had a guest down here that was a pinstriper. And really? he, he said everything in his house is pinstripe. I love he it. He started with his mom's refrigerator when he was a kid. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, so it just, it just goes on and on. Now, Andy, I met you way back when. You were actually in between things working as a car salesman. Then you went to a race team and you were painting race cars. I did. But I, I didn't know that you had all the family ties as far as painting and all that. Where's Where's the mechanical stuff come? I mean... Is it part of hiring a team? Because if you're painting cars, you're taking them apart. Absolutely. You know, we have a great team of guys. I, I don't claim to know everything, but I surround myself with guys who do. Uh, and that's what built our team, you know, as far as the fab shop, the mechanical portion. We, you know, we have just A-plus players on the on our team. Yes. Um, and so, you know, we have different divisions. Like I said, the mechanical division, the fab shop, um, carbon fiber painting we, we try to do everything all in-house so you're working for a race team yep. one day yep and the team closes yes was that your aha moment it's time to open up my place so yeah that was kind of a push come to shove it was it was a transition over i'd say maybe five years where the team couldn't afford to keep me full-time i was pit crew and fixing sure. everything that we tore up over the weekend. <laughs> um, you know, I would fly out to the races, um, pit crew, and then fly back home, and the trucks would be home within a day or so. In the meantime, we had 25 or so client cars in the shop, Porsches, BMWs, race cars. In the meantime, we would fix those, fix what we tore up over the weekend, and we'd fly back out again. And it came to the point where the team couldn't keep me any longer full-time, but gave me the option to stay on as a subcontractor and still utilize my skill set and and uh, you know for me i think i was hurt by that and i let the offense get in the way of the blessing that was there in front of me and i said no i'm going to go do this on my own and that was the dumbest thing i think i ever did however that was the the that was the trajectory that were the the catalyst. the catalyst that changed the whole trajectory of my mm -hmm. life you know as i started doing this on my own and you know, being a hired gun in a couple of shops, I, you know, I ran along this guy who mentored me along the way. I was actually at a race shop, I went to another race shop. I was on the team with this guy, had a Porsche shop. So the guy who owns the building sees my paintwork. He says, hey, do you want to restore an old truck for me? Do you want to paint an old truck? And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll paint anything right now. I'm a hired gun. So I show up at his place and he has about 40 classic cars and trucks and takes me under his wing and so I, then I start learning about old cars you know and, and and this was you know 12 13 14 years ago um and so then I fell in love with old cars you know they have a story there's history behind mm -hmm. old cars there's there's character and and so I I fell in love with that but I needed I needed a business you know he said Andy start your own business you're you're good at this I said well what if I fail 
there were all the what ifs and he says well you might but you're never going to know unless you try so I ended up going back to the race shop and said hey is that opportunity still available and this was over about four years five years that this had happened and they said we would love to have you back wow the shop is yours please count you know paint our stuff at a rate and anything else you do over there is your business well that was our business we started there just myself and another guy and it grew and it grew and it grew and eventually the race shop lost funding lost sponsorship and they had to sell the building well coincidentally i had to be out in february because of the sale of the building needed a place to go i ended up at the porsche shop where i I'd initially met my mentor who owned the building. The Porsche shop closed. The Porsche shop closed. He had to be out in February. I had to be out in February. And then the transition happened. And when I moved there, it you know, it's much bigger space. And Pooja looks at me and she goes, this is insane. I said, yes, it is. <laughs> Not in a bad way, so, obviously. So you were a couple at this point in time? We, we were. were. Okay. We were. Okay. We were. Um, and she said, this is insane. I said, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you, if you stay in your comfort zone, you're never going to grow. Right. right. And I refuse to stay in my comfort zone with anything, whether it's a project at the shop or anything else in life that I do. I just want to grow. I want to experience. And from there, it, 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 it just grew. We went from 2,500 square feet to 10,000 square feet. And, and, and still growing. So, mm-hmm. you know, at that point, I think probably a year in, into the new space was when she came on board. So 2,500 to 10,000 square feet. Yeah. And, and growing. You found out that your, 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 your collection of tools and stuff didn't take up quite as much room in a 10,000 square foot. No. Place. When I rolled the box in to 2,500 square feet, I just went, Oh my gosh, this is insane. <laughs> and then you put the paint booth in it and lifts and everything else and it starts filling up quickly. Mm-hmm. And then you're out of room. I mean you know this as well as Oh I yeah, did yeah, too. yeah. Ten thousand square feet doesn't go as far as you think it will no, it when doesn't. you first look at it empty, that's no. for sure. And we're yeah. out of room now. Mm-hmm. You and you always will be. We will be. <laughs> if you triple the size, you'll still be out of room. That's just so the way true. it goes. Yeah. yeah. Because we're pack rats, too, on yes. top of that. And we don't want to throw anything away. Yeah. The, well, the, the, the well, crazy thing is... That's is we, not allowed. Yeah, she, she, she throws um, it away. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, what most people don't realize is when they bring a car in for a restoration or a full car build, and you blow that thing apart, you need three or four times the space of the exactly. car. So there's pallet racking and room for parts, and it just, you know, mm-hmm. the room goes away pretty quickly. Yeah, it does. So, so when you take a car apart, you take all the pieces and put it, you have crates and so forth, and then you put it up in a pallet rack. Yep. Wow, that's awesome. Everything's we inventory and everything, mm-hmm. and it's emailed to me, to the client, to because it's, we like system. And that's yeah. one of the things that, you know, when we joined forces, it was the bringing the policies and the procedures in. Why and did she? That is what. And it's so important. <laughs> in, a, in a good way. <laughs> but yes, in a good way. Because yes. you have described yourself to me as the artsy-fartsy guy. I am. And, you know, when you take things apart, things can get 
I, I, I fall in the middle of the spectrum, believe he it or does. not. I'm, I'm very, organized. very organized. But we live in the phone age now, so you can take stuff apart and take pictures of it. Yes, I yeah. love that. Yeah. I take pictures of everything. Okay. Everything. But yeah, just, you know, the, the, the policies and procedures that she brought on board were the things that we needed in order to grow because, you know, as the team grows, you don't want guys running off doing their own thing. I mean, there has to be structure. There has to be, you know, a foundation. And, mm-hmm. and, and that brings, you know, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. I mean, if things are off falling in order. And that's know. stability, not just for the business, but also for the workers, for the team itself. Yeah. Because the business is the foundation for, we quickly realized before it was Andy and Pooja's show, it was just our livelihood on the business. But as you... And, you know, grow as you add more people to the team. It's their families. So when we added a new family to our team, we would um, paycheck t- um, time comes around, you know. And when we were super small a few years back, you you realize it's a sense of, hey, this business is livelihood for not just you and I. Right. It's for it's other families. It's yes. a huge responsibility. And in order to... To protect that commitment that you have towards your team member and their families, you have to have a foundation for your business, for your policies and procedures to protect structure. that. And structure, yes. Mm-hmm. And you're protecting not just your business, but the people and their paychecks, their livelihoods, their families. So true. So you're in your 10,000 square foot shop, okay? What are you doing just to start the flow of business. I mean, I've seen you. I've seen motorcycles. I've seen furniture. I've seen wheels. I've seen. <laughs> yes. I've seen everything in your shop. Yeah. What What were you doing just to survive until you could start hiring team members? Because the team member thing is that's a member of your family now and their family. And how did you get from? Okay, here we are, ten thousand square feet, and Pooja's saying, "What in the world?" And you're thinking, "Wow." This is how am I going to fill this up? And you found out you could. Um, how did you survive to get where we are with ColorWorks? Man, you know, it really kind of started off as, um, like I said, with race cars. I have such an extensive background with race cars. So we, yeah, since we're located next to Red Atlanta Racetrack in Brazelton, um, we still service a lot of the race cars, even though a lot of the cars are wrapped now, mm-hmm. whether we're doing carbon fiber repair on, um, you know, just body work over it, priming, sanding, and then wrapping over the top of it, or some of the, you know, more classic race cars are painted, um, you know, where we're doing full car builds, classic car restorations. There's about 17 projects in the shop now, I believe. But before that, it was, you know, a contract with BBS wheels, you know. They may have, uh, it's a eight to 12 week lead time on having a wheel, set of wheels made in Germany, where as if, you know, the motorsports division has two gold and two silver and they want a matte black, they bring them to me, they're turned around in a couple of days, the customer gets his wheels and he's happy. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So we had a contract with BBS and, um, and then it just kind of grew from there. So, and at the same time, you're looking around, you got this 10,000 square foot building, all right, now you got your tools in here, and as you were saying, you need pallet racks and paint booth and equipment and you need some help and and you've got to all of a sudden you have all these purchases that you have to make to make it a viable concern and keep it going so you got to get some cash flow going and get some terms going with suppliers so that you can afford to do business 
It's very stressful. It is stressful. Yes. Um, we try to leave the stress at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't carry that home as a husband and wife. We try our best, not to say that it doesn't happen. We try our best not to talk about it after six, seven o'clock. Right. Weekends, don't want to talk Forget about it. Forget about it. No. Nope. Uh-huh. Not going to answer text messages about it. We're just, that's just, this is husband wife time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and not to, you know. Balance is important. Yeah. And, and, and to be transparent about it. We could have had a disagreement at work at five o'clock and at five thirty we walk in the work and go hey babe how are you <laughs> i'm not right, saying that right. neither one of us are <laughs> gritting our teeth or you know biting our tongues but right. yeah. it's we have to realize that is business it's not the end of all you know mm-hmm. it's um disagreement is one thing i must say you were asking about how you know the business how it came in andy and i Really, we firmly believe in this, and we we know this is true. We have this thing that we say that we're too dumb to do this on our own. Yeah, it's by grace. It's by the grace of God mm. that we it's have totally this. It's totally by grace, and it's we give Him absolute full credit, full glory for where we are today. Amen. Because it's um, it's almost impossible to do what you know, what we have done in just a short 10 years. I mean, sometimes, you know, we can't believe it. It's um, getting people, I mean, we did not even advertise. Our business was strictly word of mouth for the first seven years. And we hit three growth spurts in the last two years of the first seven years. And it's not by a single ad ad out there. Um. And um, it's it's just incredible. You know, we there, there have been you know we we've done the radio show with you guys, mm-hmm. yeah. and this has all been really been over the last three. Two, two or three yeah. years. Um, again, mentioning that growth spurt, it's it's the the last spurt that she's talking about. Where we've you know done radio shows with you guys, um, three TV shows on Motor Trend, on cars that we built, you know, and, and from there it's, it's people say, oh, I saw you on this, or I heard you on the radio, or, right, I, you know, right. I think we just had a, a memory pop up on um, Facebook not long ago, and then I reposted it, and you yeah. know, one of my friends <laughs> says, I, I heard the first time you were on the radio show. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, we're exploring other avenues and, and enjoying that. Yeah. You know? Social media was not a big thing when you first started the business. I mean, it was out there, you know, I think we still had flip phones then. (laughs) Um, You know, what has social media done for your growth spurts? Is it kind of timed in with, you know, all the different ways we have to reach out to people now? Absolutely it is. Um, We've gotten a fair amount of work from our social media. It's taken us international and that's what's taken us um you know initially it was within the u.s different states we had business come in from other states michigan florida Florida, alabama exactly chicago yes and um however now it's it's international yes but what social media has also done is the knowledge growth like Andy said, not everyone knows everything. Mm. And with the changes in the industry, um, the, the knowledge growth of connecting different businesses all around the country with each other, and iron sharpens iron. 
So that's also been a huge social media thing for us. It, you know, it's, it's been a good thing and a, a bad thing. You know, you've, we don't try to compete with anyone else. You know, it, it's, it's kind of human nature to look at your phone and look at what someone else is doing and, and going, wow, that's really neat. You know, and, and but just going, that's his idea. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to take someone else's idea. There are a lot of things that we've done that we haven't shared on post, on so, posted on social media because it's it's our thing. And when we're ready to release it, we will because we don't mm-hmm. want someone to copy it. You know, it's right. It's ours. You know, we came up with that. And so, and the, there are a couple of things we'll 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 be releasing probably in the next three or four months. Yes, um, it's pretty cool. Some big projects that we've done. One we just completed. And the mystery bills. Yeah. And one we just completed. And, and, you know, we're known for, again, I don't want to be in the comfort zone. Yes. You know, we, we're not a collision center. We we're, take jobs. Andy is known. It's funny because our assistant, when she answers a phone, she says. <laughs> she never knows what she's going to get. <laughs> she's, she never knows what she's going to get. And she always says, if you have an off-the-wall idea, that's what we do. Yep. And, you know, it's <laughs> truly it is. We're known for taking these projects that other guys are going to go, there's no way I'm going to tackle that. Right. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. I'll take that and I'll multiply it times 10. We'll do it 10 times better than what you're thinking. And, and I'm not boasting or bragging. No. It's no, the it's team just... that we have. And it's not the Andy and Pooja show. No. I go, guys, what do you think about this? Each and every what is your individual. Input? And what is your input? And what is your input? And we put our heads together and collectively come up with a great idea. Yes. And we are nothing without our team. No. Love those guys. Yes. And you know, you never know what you're going to see in our shop. But as you know, you've, you've been there. It's I've seen finished pictures of stuff that was in your shop that I, that I just would have dragged out back and thrown in a dumpster. <laughs> I mean, when it came to me. And a lot of times it's been to... You know, seven, eight shops or some knucklehead like me tried yep. to do it at home. And, and you know, it, it's just. We, we've had a few of those where cars mm-hmm. have been, you know, just complete disasters at other mm-hmm. places. Mm-hmm. And they come to us to sort them out. And at that point, we have to kind of stand in the gap and go, I'm sorry that this has happened to you. But I'm not responsible. We have to we have to fix this and make it make it right. This car has a story. Those this car has history. It's worthy of that. So let's fix this yeah. the right way. And, you know, as far as the, the other cars, um, you never know what you're going to see there. You know, we're currently working on a 65 Mustang, uh, full, fully electric car. Um, the motor is from Electric GT. It should be here actually any day now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that car will hopefully be at SEMA this year. Um, runs a, will uh, be at SEMA this year. Yeah. Uh, it um, runs a Mustang, regular Mustang transmission. Fully electric. Um, we're going to have to do all custom suspension. We've the four-door Bronco. We made our own um, chassis, uh, four-link suspension, Coyote motor, uh, and then just, the mystery child. And then the mystery, the mystery Corvette that that we just finished. When when you're getting into this uh, building an electric Mustang, there's probably a lot of things that did anyone think of in the beginning like how do you do power steering how do you do air conditioning how do you make all these things work on an electric car that we just took for granted exactly when it was belt driven off of an engine yes Mm -hmm. you know electric power steering uh, off of a new mustang you know um the the motor that we're getting comes equipped with its own air conditioning unit thank goodness um but yeah so this is an aftermarket 
motor? It is. It's, it's, a lot of guys are doing a swap with a Tesla motor, but this is actually a company called Electric GT. Mm-hmm. And they, they manufacture their own power plant. It's about the size of a Coyote motor. Wow. Yep. It is. And, and the great thing about the company is they have great tech support. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, well, we, you would you would, yeah. you would have to have. Right? <laughs> well, Tesla won't share a lot of their stuff no, they won't. With, with other people. They won't. So, you know, that, that, that would be a tough deal, putting a Tesla anything into a vehicle because of their proprietary, you know, right. electronics. Yeah. In it. yeah. But these people are, this is like a crate deal. It is. Uh, as and, such, and they back it up. Yep, yeah, and it runs, like I said, a regular Mustang trans, transmission. They actually have a manual transmission now that they're running with this electric motor. The guy, the, the owner of Electric GT says, you really can't get the car out of third gear. So, Wow. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, now we're getting off on a technical we thing are. here, but why even a transmission in a, with an electric-powered car? I mean, it's, it's instant torque. Yep. It's linear. Well, it's instant torque, but, I mean, the buildup is dependent on the voltage going into the motor yep. as far as, you know, the speed. But, uh, you know, reverses just change the polarity. Yeah. I think it's kind of, I think you, it's a group of guys kind of like us where they go, why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. right. And right. What, what's happening is, um, you know, a lot of the um, the larger companies who are building the um, mass producing vintage cars now, there's one in Buford, you know, mm-hmm. manufacturing the Broncos. And so a lot of the companies like that are starting to go to electric because. You know, we have that's get, where it's going. That's where it's, it's where it's going. You have a whole group of people now coming through, younger guys, not older guys, you know, who are interested in big block cars Easy. or maybe an LS swap. Well, I'm, I'm, I fall into that range, you know, <laughs> in my 50s now. So, but um, you have a young group of guys coming through the ranks now with money and they want to spend their money, you know, whether it's been through crypto or successful businesses, they want to... They want something new, and but they want new technology, but they like an old sure. car. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, look at the new stuff that's coming out. And I, I, I know you do because, you know, you're, you're interested in everything. Yep. Uh, you look at something like the Buick Wildcat that's coming out. That's, that's such a beautiful-looking design. It's a piece of art. Right. I went, the first time I saw it, I thought, wow. You don't have the constraints of packaging with an electric motor that you have with a internal combustion engine. Correct. And I would think the same would spill over to the classic cars. Yep. Yep. How about batteries? How about weight? How about all that kind of stuff? Yeah. The batteries on this particular car are actually um, made onto the block. Uh, and there's an additional battery uh, where the fuel cell goes for extended range. You're about 250 miles with the range. Wow, that's not, pretty good. Yeah, not near as much as you are with the Tesla, but... Yeah, but then you have to worry about you know where you're putting this in the car, the, mm-hmm. the weight ratio. You know how's the car going to handle? It's this is a classic car, that's not meant to have this in there. You know what what are we doing now? Well now we, you know obviously we have to do a disc brake conversion. We have to you know four links well, now to put the power to the ground. That was my next question. Do you do you then go to a custom chassis to package it all, or do you modify an existing chassis? Yes. There you go. Stay I knew tuned. that was <laughs> both. <laughs> both actually, we, we're working with uh, with Ride Tech on coming up with something for this car. Oh, that's very yeah. exciting! Ride Tech has been in the shop, so we're talking with them about designing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is a unibody car. It is a lot oh, of right. the, a lot of the yeah, EV stuff now is 
you know, has a frame under it because you need a structure to hold the battery. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're going back to the future, if you will, uh, you know, the, the new electric trucks and stuff. Of course, the truck is a body on, on frame in a lot of cases anyway, yeah. but uh, I'm seeing cars that have this skateboard package under it, and it has to house all the motors and the battery and everything, and then the body goes on yep. top. Unibody, you got you got no structure there. Yeah, and, you know, another thing we're battling is this, actually the size of the motor with the shock towers. Oh, yeah, you know, on a so, Mustang. Yeah. Yep, so are we removing the shock towers and using a, a modified Mustang two style front end, or, you know, are we narrowing the shock towers and using, you know, coilover style suspension, you know? Once we put the motor in there, we haven't removed the shock towers yet. We're going to wait until the motor gets in, and then we're going to try to fit it and decide which way we're going. Because the technology is archaic. Right. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. the, from the 60s. Yep. Um, you know, when I get under a 60-something Corvette and I look at it, it's, it's an Impala underneath. Yeah, I'm thinking, pretty much. Really? They were racing these things? Yeah. Wow. Very interesting. It is. Pooja, let's jump back to not only counting the money... <laughs> counting the components you know every nut bolt screw that comes off the car is mm-hmm. categorized put in storage etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. and most of it will not be reused other than uh, as a reference point you know you're not going to put 60 year old screws back in a car right. um, so your challenge is sourcing this stuff mm-hmm. tell us about how you've learned that end of the business and you it's know. taken me a long time and um, what we actually have an individual in our on our team that does all the sourcing for me oh, and, okay yes so and he he's very knowledgeable on everything so he does all the sourcing and um, basically Cassidy um, goes in and she does the ordering so I have finally passed that buck on <laughs> We said, you know, work in our strengths. That was not my strength. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, but we, um, Chris does an impeccable job. And we have um, leads on um, our projects. So there'll be one person that's appointed as a lead on the car. And they kind of, they know exactly what needs to be ordered. They do the sourcing and they bring it to the, the office and um, everything is ordered accordingly. So, you've got a project manager. That's the point man for you, or point woman, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be? Pretty much. Uh, you know, project management is, is actually has fallen on a little bit of both of us mm-hmm. as far as overseeing, you know, the steps of the car, you know, making sure that everything is flowing and nothing mm-hmm. really sits right. idle. Right. So, we work off of, um, we have this um, procedure where we work on a um, system where everything is worked to a certain milestone and we work in rotation because we have 15 plus cars so not one car sits yeah so if we can get a car at least you know body work metal work body worked up to primer mm-hmm. we don't like to rush primer we, we right. all, you know right, we're all right. car guys here we've seen what happens with that mm-hmm. you know if a car can sit in primer for a couple of weeks you know sure. if not longer the longer the better um, and then, you know, we can, and, and with that car sitting in primer, then the next one is worked. And by the time that the next one is worked, then we're back into paint, you know, so with the, with the first car. So everything kind of moves in a milestone and in, in a rotation. In the meantime, you know, a suspension is being built by the other team, you know, or 
fab work is started on another car. It's it's a it's a big system. Mm-hmm. And I would think that you would find that your team does not get burned out on a car because I know what it's like to work on one car if things aren't going right or you haven't had a chance to step back and look at an alternative way of doing things. I know in my in my own case, yep. you know, a lot of times I'll I'll go through a process three four times before I get it just the way I want it. And you can you can just burn yourself out. You can. So by rotating is is that helpful to the whole the whole family Very that's much going so. on? And you know, even though we have a point person, we still have like each and every individual that works the shop, they they all know exactly what's happening with each car. So, you know, it's not just, hey, this is my project. It's everyone has an input. If the, if somebody has an input, it's brought in and it's full communication and so it's not just, you know, one person taking care of the car. Yeah. Because there again, each one of your team yes. members has their strengths and yes. weaknesses. And by having a group, nobody's ever stuck. No. Correct. And, you know, and, and again, with strengths and weaknesses and, and ideas, mm-hmm. you know, the, the suspension we used on the four-door Bronco came off of a remote control car. Wow. Not yes. literally came it's, off a remote yeah, control yeah, car, no, but, that, what you mean, but the, the concept, yeah, the concept, right. the concept yeah. when he bring, we were worried about, you know, keeping it under eight feet to go into the garage doors. Now, since the owner has purchased a new home with 10 feet, so we're like, oh, we have two more feet. You know, that's awesome. <laughs> yes. So um, when he brings it in, you know, he's like, and of course, a lot of the race cars are he's using this cantilever, cantilever style suspension, sure, and trophy trucks and whatnot. And he brings this high performance remote control car in and he says, this is what I want to do. And I was like, that's insane. Build it out of cardboard. Let's see how it works. And, and, he did. Sh- and sure enough, he builds everything out of cardboard. And, and we put it in the back of the truck and it, it all moved and worked. And, and it was right to spec. And we said, yes, let's build it out of metal. Let's mm-hmm. do this. Wow. Danny, our fabricator, absolutely, hands down, one of the best fabricators oh, yeah. that we have worked oh, with. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right. The great unknown. The great... The great uh, person that can throw a wrench into the whole works isn't your team it isn't you it's not Pooja. it's mm-hmm. it's that guy writing the check or girl writing the check how often do they muddy up the pudding if you will you know very rarely very rarely have we had a situation you know there have been some times where we've had to go Okay, this is over budget. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I could see you that. Know, yeah. This is over budget. Let's sit down and talk about this. It's very difficult to put an estimate on a custom job. Sure. It's impossible. As, as you know that. You've impossible. Impossible. So we, we do our best, and then, you know, it, it's also, you start with A, then you, you know, in the middle, they end up adding so many more different components. Right. And that obviously is not going to add up to exactly right. what the estimate was. But have- many times in their mind, the A yeah. should stay the same, no matter all the additions. Oh, by the way, while yeah. you're in there. <laughs> so, yeah, we talked about that before the yes. show. Yeah. And it's the we same. have learned that in the, in the process. Over the years, we have learned that. And how we, we handle that is we have changed our way of invoicing. And um, letting the client know ahead of time, hey, we're facing this. So it's not a surprise at the end. Mm-hmm. And just because we think it needs to 
to, to happen, we don't just do it. We bring it to the client's attention. We get their approval because it, it is, after all, their project, their money, mm-hmm. and their budget. So we have really shifted that process as well. So, well, if the if it again keeping a what a should be, mm-hmm. and the customer wants this and this and this, and then oh by the way, when we blasted it, we found rust. That's not really included in a. Correct. So you almost have to build that accordingly in a change order, so a doesn't get muddy. Mm-hmm. You know, a is still a. Yes, we're going to paint and bodywork the car for this, mm-hmm. but then you've wanted to add suspension and oh. You know, we've got to send it to Tim's to do upholstery. Oh, that's, that's you know, and so you have to build those separately mm-hmm. so A never gets muddied. Right. Because in the grand scheme of things, if, you, if you're if you approaching, you know, a big dollar figure for a finished product on a car, and but you started at half of that, why aren't we at half of that? And we've ran into that before, speaking of, sure. you know, just mudding it. Right. Oh, then you have to go, oh, remember, we added this and this and this. So if you right. build that separately, Pooja came up with this as a change order, then the customer can look at that and go, okay, this is my invoice for this. And this is my invoice for this step. That's so, very wise. Yeah. Because these builds now have taken on lives of their own. They have. Where people used to think oh they could build a car for 10 or 15 or 20 thousand dollars and in their mind they're mm-hmm. thinking oh i just had it painted and threw some seat covers on it and you know no it's not that's <laughs> so right yeah when you're getting into a hundred plus thousand exactly. dollars yeah. yeah when you could have bought three new camaros for what it's going to cost to yes. build a 68 camaro yeah you know? yeah absolutely trying to bring that reality to an individual who owns the car can be difficult sometimes it can and they you know we also try to help the individual understand that they have to remain realistic too it's not our job just to remain realistic with your project right it's sounds harsh coming out but it's a truth yeah well, I, I, what I'm hearing is you're teaching the customer, yes. the business ahead of time and what they're up against. Yes. And it's not it's not a TV show. No, it's not. No. No. And, no. It, and it, it doesn't get over in an hour and a half. No. And yeah. But it, wait a minute. I saw those guys yeah, finish yeah, that yeah, car yeah. in a week. Yeah. 30 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's the reality it is it's it's the reality of what uh, you know what you see on these shows and that and i i think that does a, a great disservice to some of these builders that are really good builders um yourself included because it's done in episodes and i realize why it's done in episodes from the media and the things but it, in reality it doesn't make any sense you're not you're not seeing that that dollar number at the end of the show that would probably scare most people that's right but I, I believe that in the course of the car being built, the customer is being educated as they are mm-hmm. in, in your case. And what happens a lot of times, you know, on a show, it's, you know, the car is built with a massive team of guys behind the scenes. Yes. Right. It's delivered to the customer in, yeah, a week. But then the car is usually taken back and then gone through each step again. And it may be six months before the guy gets the car back. I've, oh, yeah. I've well, read that like about multiple shows. You were talking about primer. I can't imagine what a car looks like that's been stripped, primed, and painted in a week, what it looks like six months later. We've seen it. <laughs> you have? We yeah, have. we've seen them. 
So oh. things do shrink. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And absolutely. then they come to us. Uh-huh. Yeah. We went somewhere else because we didn't want to be on your waiting list. Oh, by the way, can you fix this? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Could it take longer now? Yeah. Yeah, than it would have to. Yeah, just do it right the first time. Just do it right the first time. Yeah. Well. Absolutely. That, that sounds like a simple mantra. Just do it right the first time, but, you know. Yep. Yep. What is next for you, collectively and as a business? What, what do you, where do you want to, where do you want to see yourself? And you know, the, the past ten years have flown by. You know, and and in the next ten years are going to get faster. Ask me how I know that. <laughs> and uh, you know, where 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 are Pooja and Andy and Colorworks at in in ten years? Oh, it's easy for me to tell you. Go ahead. So we are um, in the process of um, planning our new building right next door. Mm -hmm. And that is going to be more of where you will find me, (laughs) either at the coffee shop or at the bar. Okay. (laughs) Um, And um, the way that we are designing this is that we will keep only assembly that would be Hopefully, that we will be able to share with our guests. And then um, the body work, the paint, the fabrication. All that will stay in the all existing building. In next door. So we want, to, we want to be able to showcase our work mm-hmm. in the showroom. Yeah, just create an experience yes. for people. You know, if people want to come in, you know, obviously assembly behind you know, a glass wall so you can see, you know, mm-hmm. guys come in, have a cup of coffee, you know. Yeah, like a racing shop. Yeah. You yeah. know, like you go up to Mooresville and go into some of the big shops. Exactly. You know, you can, there's an atrium. Yep. And, you know, you can stand up there and have a sandwich or a cup of coffee and watch them build race cars. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that accomplishes a couple different things. Tell us what you, what, how you see that helping your business when somebody's watching the assembly process go on you're you're out of the dirty stuff mm-hmm. you're right. out of the fab the, the mm-hmm. primer the dust all that you've got the car now that's it's all scattered out on the floor mm-hmm. you know like your model car it's all on the trees yep. laying mm-hmm. out on the floor there we're going to put it together um how does that help to showcase your business and your 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 team's talents i think it just gives um a realistic view yes. of what really goes on you know some guys um, you know they just see the finished product mm-hmm. most people don't have the realization of what we do day to day right how much work it takes mm-hmm. to assemble a car with kid gloves you're not you know the difference between you know and I've done both race cars and show cars you know the race car we're throwing it on there it doesn't matter if it gets scratched it's going to get scratched yeah Nick mm-hmm. Johnson's gonna tear it to pieces sorry Nick if you're listening to this <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're paid to do. He's my best customer. They're, 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 they're paid. <laughs> and balls. They're, Previous they're, balls. Yeah. They're, they're paid to drive them until there's nothing That's left. That's right. But with a show car, you know, you take your time. Things are taped up. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, I think people need the realization of, of the process. Yeah. And, it, again, it makes people feel a part of it as well. Exactly. Plus, you know, we have some other things that we're working on in, in the meantime. You know, we have... Um, 
the other business, the apparel business, mm-hmm. um, our clothing company that we haven't released yet. So, you know, there will be a, a showroom there. There will be a, a, a gift shop. There's, you know, just going to create an experience yes. for people. And I think the showcasing the car being built also gives some pride to the guys that are assembling the car. Yes. Yep. Because they realize hey, somebody's watching and they're appreciating what I'm doing and they find it interesting yeah. and it, it makes them I would think it makes them more involved well it gives them an opportunity to show off a little bit it does it makes them and who doesn't good. like that yeah everybody I mean come that. on oh I love walking through the shop yeah every day that's my most favorite thing I talk to each and every individual and I love their they tell me in great detail what they're working on and it's not just because I'm trying to gauge the the milestone of the project um, yes I'm doing that in my mind I'm doing that but seeing the pride and the joy of in each and every person that works at Colorworks by Death it gives me a sense of just happiness you know that we are all here because we all want to be here this is not a job that you are dreading to come in the morning they get to create they get to think outside the box they get to bring their ideas to the table and then as a team we go through those ideas you know and and create something incredible and so I that's my most favorite thing every day going and talking to each and every individual person and it's 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 incredible feeling. I think you know every person there, every team member, we're all creatives. Um, on the business since she helps us get out of our heads sometimes. <laughs> uh, the melancholy part of me, where I go, what is the best way to do this? I should I do this? And she's like, do this, this, and this. But you know we're um, we're all creative guys, and at the end of the day, we love to step back and go. I just made that mm-hmm. yeah. with my own two hands. And I think that's what got me into to doing this, you know, is, is, is just looking back and going, man, I just did that. Mm-hmm. And I think we as men, that's, that's something we enjoy. You know, it's, it's a manly thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I just of, created right. this. And my clients, if they're listening to this, they'll kind of chuckle because I love taking the clients back when they get to see their car either freshly painted or whatever, because I always say, I just want to see the look on your face. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have been yeah. hearing my people uh, tell me what all they've done and how they've created this. And then I'm proud of their work. And then I'm proud of seeing the client walk back and their expression. Right. It's, it's, it's an incredible feeling. We just recently had a client um, we're doing a Bronco for, and, and he walks in, and the thing was just freshly painted sitting in the booth. The booth's still running, as a matter of fact, and he walks in, and he was like, Pooja says, I just want to see his face when he finally sees it, and, and, and you know, he was just filled with joy. Can I go in? No. Not yet. No. I had a hard time no. telling you. I said, I'm so no, sorry. No, you can't go in. You can look, but you no. can't go in. You can look yeah. through the glass. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, just the look on their faces and even the final delivery, you know. Oh, yeah. The whole team gets together. And we... watches the car pull around. And literally, it's just like a TV show. Mm-hmm. Every you know, time. And, yeah. you know, there's been cases where, you know, I just get emotionally and think about it. You know, some of the cars that we've built for customers, there there have been emotional ties. Mm-hmm. And, the you know, the guy's crying and then we're crying. And it's just... You know, it, it's, oh, yeah. it's fulfilling. It's fulfilling. 
It's interesting you bring the history of the car into the conversation earlier. Have you ever gotten into a, you know, a delivery situation where the original person that owned the car or was you know, in, involved in the building passed before the car was finished? Never no. before it was finished, but shortly afterward. Okay. Uh, you know, we, we literally took a car that his father originally owned, mm-hmm. and he, he found the car through a couple of sources, and the father, the father was dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. And so the, the car still had the original window sticker from his college, from the father's college years. Same keychain, everything. So we were able to save those and put back in the car. The license plate. The license plate, everything. We made a memory box. We kept the sticker and kept safe the windshield. Yeah, and kept some of the the old emblems, you know, things we didn't replace, that, and made a like a nice little memory box and uh, delivered the car to, to Florida. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, the look on his face, he's and crying, he we're all crying. Yes. It's just... There are so many of the ones that we do, are, they have an emotional yeah. tie. Yes. When, when somebody's doing a four-door sedan, it was Grandpa's car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And... and mm-hmm. Really, money's no object Absolutely. at that point. Yeah. They just yep. want that. I want to take him for a ride in it mm-hmm. before, you know, yep. the end. Yep. Yes. You may have extended the gentleman's life yeah. waiting for the car. Yeah. 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 That's a that's a very magic moment. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a journey. It what has been. Yes. What would you have done differently? I know if, if if at birth you laid out the path that any of us are going to take, we'd, we'd be sitting there going, what are you, crazy? <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't I, change a single thing. Everything that we have done, either successful or failed, we have learned, we have gotten better, yeah. we've gotten stronger, we have gotten closer. Oh, it's the- been... The victories and the losses have made us who we are. Yes. Right. Sure. I right. wouldn't change a thing, man. You know, we mm-hmm. learn from the losses, but we, the key to our, our happiness, Andy and I, I will, I will share this secret. <laughs> Is it date night? Oh. We love date night. We love date night, but. <laughs> Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday. How, you know the old joke, yeah. I know, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. <laughs> I, I think you should share that, too. Uh. Um, the key is celebrating the smallest of victories. The smallest. It doesn't matter whether you ever say it to anybody else, but you celebrate it. I agree And with that. we have done that. We have. And we remembered those small victories. And that makes the big, bigger victories even more magnified. Yeah. <laughs> we live in an age now where you can't find people to show up for work working in restaurants or working wherever it may be. Have you got people knocking down your door to work for you? Or mm-hmm. where Where do you, how have you, I, 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 under, I understand by knowing the two of you how you make people part of your family. But every shop that I go to, every shop that I've, you know, ever been associated with, at some point in time is is telling me we can't find anybody and uh, you know if we find them they may or may not show up this doesn't seem to be we have n- we've an never issue. had that problem you know it's <laughs> we truly have never um ever since we started um it's, they're not in it for the money they're not they and that's the key you know the 
The people that we have been fortunate enough to work with are the people that just want to, as they call it in their own words, this is Joey's word, Joey, we just want to make cool shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's fine. Amen. Yeah, Uh, you know, the group of guys that we have now, um, they literally tell me, at least two of the guys, multiple times a week, thank you guys for giving us this environment. Mm -hmm. And this is no joke. Thank you for giving us this environment. Thank you for giving us these opportunities to be here to do what we do and for being who you are and allowing us to be who we are. Right. So you don't, you don't have anybody on the team that's saying, I'm working on a multi-hundred-thousand-dollar or plus vehicle. I could never afford one of these, but I'm working on one. How come I don't get more? And it, none of that stuff goes on for you. No. Is what I'm hearing. No. We, we treat all of our guys really well and take care of them. We, we recognize the talent that we have, mm-hmm. and we take care of those guys. We do. They just have And to. they're all individually equally. And um, I, I tell you, the, the, the bond that we have together, though, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's, there's a group chat between the guys and myself. Which I'm jealous. She, she got burned out yesterday. She says, why am I not part of that? I had to force my way It's just the camaraderie in. that the guys and I have. And, you know, on the weekends, we're just shooting texts to one another mm-hmm. as friends, just as friends. That's true. They don't get not to go business, on a spa no. day with Cassidy and I no, either. No, yeah. so. but, you know, the, 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 the friendship that we have. I've known one of these guys I worked with on a race team years mm-hmm. ago from, mm-hmm. you know, 05, you know. And it's, it's the race mentality that we have, you know, because nor- normally if you call out sick, you know, there's somebody else to do your job. On a race team, there's, there's, you're mm-hmm. that guy. Yeah. That's your job. And it's a skeleton crew, and this is your specialty. Mm-hmm. And so being sick isn't an option. Mm-mm. Suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. We're here. So he has that mentality, you know, that we're going to get in here, we're going to get this done. The other guy I've known for almost 30 years you know, it, it's a friendship and a brotherhood that we have mm-hmm. where we don't let one another down. Let's get in here and let's do our very best. Let's bring our A game mm-hmm. every day. And Cassidy, I, we've known Cassidy since she was 13. Yeah. And she's the glue that holds all of us together. She is. Mm-hmm. Wow. Color works. Yes. Pooja and Andy Duff. Joey. Danny, Chris, Miguel, Cassidy, yeah. so grateful. We're just so thankful to see it all happen before our eyes. Because like I say, I've known you before, I've yep. known you, you know, now, and it's just, it's just been an amazing journey. It and, has been. and Tim, you know, can so relate to what you do as Absolutely. a couple. Yeah. And uh, it's just been amazing to, to watch it happen. I've got to have you paint one of my cars someday. Come on. Come on. <laughs> thanks for taking the time to be with us here Gosh, on Bud's you. Garage Overdrive. Yeah, thanks a lot. For being our friends thank you guys for, for having all these us. years yes, and believing in you. us. Thank you. Tim, we've been talking about the pulley systems from Concept One since we started doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. You oh, and I yeah. don't have to scrounge the junkyards looking for pulleys and right. parts and all that for the junk we work on. Exactly. Except for the Mack truck. Well, they don't have a Mack truck. 
no system yet. Right. <laughs> but but hey, the future is looking bright. Well, yeah. Well, I'm just saying that the the pulley systems they do have are for the real popular hot rods. You know, mm-hmm. the Fords, the Chevys. I was asking him last time I was there. You got any Pontiac Rosen? He said, you know, really, we don't have the call for it. Right. Because people are building the, you know, and you know what the popular engines. They're are. LS and everything. Well. LS is the next step that we need to talk about. They've got pulley systems. Again, they've got the victory systems. They've got the, you know, the street-driven systems Mm -hmm. and uh, everything in between. Right. You know, as far as choosing your pumps, your power steering pump, your compressor, uh, the LS engine has some of the accessories mounted up high. Mm. And some some are in the way of things if you're trying to put it in something other than, you know, a Chevrolet or what right. it was made to be put in. So they have moved the compressor and done some things to allow you to put these into other vehicles. And the best thing to do is to give them a call, tell them what you're doing, mm-hmm. and they'll give you the price points on not only the system, right. the finish you want to put on the system, whether it's uh, polished, satin, clear, mm-hmm. black, uh, great stuff. Oh, yeah. And you know what? It what? fits. Oh. When you put it on, it fits. What a concept. That's the best part. I mean, the spacers, the, the pulleys, everything just fits. Right. So they've, they've done their homework like you do sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they've done their homework. And they got some other systems we're going to talk about in future weeks for LS for these guys that are supercharging them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got some crazy stuff. Man. So check them out at conceptone.com. And don't be afraid to call them. They want to help you with your next project, right. and they want to make sure it's right and it does what you want it to do. Okay. Concept one, don't don't even look any anywhere else. Right. Tim, we've been talking about the pulley systems from Concept One since we started doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. You oh, and I yeah. don't have to scrounge the junkyards looking for pulleys and right. parts and all that for the junk we work on. Exactly. Except for the Mack truck. Well, they don't have a Mack truck. No system yet. <laughs> right. But but hey, the future is looking bright. Well, yeah. Well, I'm just saying that the the pulley systems they do have are for the real popular hot rods. You know, mm-hmm. the Fords, the Chevys. I was asking them last time I was there. You got any Pontiac Rosen? He said, you know, really, we don't have the call for it. Right. Because people are building the, you know, you know what the popular engines. They're LS and everything. Well. LS is the next step that we need to talk about. They've got pulley systems. Again, they've got the victory systems. And they've got the, you know, the street-driven systems mm-hmm. and uh, everything in between. Right. You know, as far as choosing your pumps, your power steering pump, your compressor, uh, the LS engine has some of the accessories mounted up high. Mm. And some are, some are in the way of things if you're trying to put it in something other than, you know, a Chevrolet or what right. it was made to be put in. So they have moved the compressor and done some things to allow you to put these into other vehicles. And the best thing to do is to give them a call, tell them what you're doing, mm-hmm. and they'll give you the price points on not only the system, right. the finish you want to put on the system, whether it's uh, polished, satin, clear, mm-hmm. black, uh, great stuff. Oh, yeah. And you know what? It what? fits. Oh. When you put it on, it fits. What a concept. That's the best part. I mean, the spacers, the, the pulleys, everything just fits. Right. So they've, they've done their homework like you do sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> They've done their homework, and they got some other systems we're going to talk about in future weeks for LS for these guys that are supercharging them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got some crazy stuff. Man. So check them out at conceptone.com, and don't be afraid to call them. They want to help you with your next project, right. and they want to make sure it's right, and it does what you want it to do. Okay. Concept one, don't don't even look any anywhere else. Right. Perfect reaction time. Let's kick off reaction time. Your thoughts on... Uh, 
on the interview with uh, Andy and Pooja. Wow, they're very interesting, and it's exciting what they're accomplishing with their lives. And, you know, when they started talking about that, building an electric 60-something Yeah, 60 amp, yeah. I mean, that's, that's out there. What I, th- what I thought was interesting was the fact that, you know, you and your wife Jody are in business together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you managed to walk away from the business and, and leave it there. And they, they made a strong point about, you know, their relationship being, being and staying strong because they don't bring work home. Now, I, I know that, you know, sometimes it affects your emotions and stuff like that. But if you discuss it all night long after you've worked all day long, oh yeah, that's it gets old definitely and a not big good. Hurt. No, and and it goes to show how you can develop over years uh, a very special kind of relationship with your wife when you work with her every day. And me and Jody, Pooja and Andy, it's the same thing. You, Work is work and home is home and, and you're, you're together doing everything. Your entire life is done together. So there's never any question. There's never any doubt. You always know where you stand because you're with the person 24 hours a day. Yeah. You know, now Jan and I both being retired, I mean, I do the radio program and she, you know, we take care of grandkids and things like that. So we're together a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm out in the shop. She's in the kitchen. But... Um, it's a different deal. A different deal. Yeah. And, but that's the same with us when we get home. You know, Jody's in one room and I'm in another. Well, yeah, yeah. I you know, that. I usually, I'm out in the garage doing piddling with something of mine and she'll come out there or I'll go in the kitchen. We do cook together uh, sometimes and uh, we do spend time together at home, but, you know, we're not on top of each other yeah, 24 hours. Yeah. Well. But we're actually closer together at work than we are at home all right i can see that you know distance well yeah you are and and you also have uh i would think you're both pulling the same direction right you know when i when i'm when i'm at home in the garage i'm kind of off in bud's world and jan's and jan's world and you know we're 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 going we're on parallel paths let's put let's put it that way and then Mm -hmm. at some point in time we come together and we're we're you know it's it's our time. Yeah. So and it is parallel paths is a very good way to put it because you, you we both know what we're what our objective is. Now you've got a few classic muscle cars, Tim. Yeah. Have you not? Mm-hmm. How many? Fess uh, up here, son. Oh jeez, I don't know. Ten, twelve, fourteen. Fourteen was. Is your wife count. listening? <laughs> do you want to do you want to count the ones you've got hidden at my place? <laughs> Oh, God, you got to tell it all, don't you, Oh, uh, Why not? Why not? This, we're that kind of show. Well, if, you're a, if you've got a classic muscle car and you're trying to restore it, the only place you need to go is... Year one, the muscle car experts in Cornelia, Georgia, who provide our podcast. They do. Yes. They so, are part of this, they're part of this podcast, and they're also part of the podcast for Bud Scrods, the radio show. Mm-hmm. And uh, we appreciate them being on every week with us. Now, if you go to the webpage, they have a spot right here. You see it? It's on the oh, phone. Yeah. Sign see. up for savings. You have mm-hmm. a chance to get $250. Wow. And you have discounts are available to you on the page. Of course, right. if you put in Bud 20, you get a 20% discount for listening to this podcast. See? And when you go to this sign up for savings link, 
they will put you on the email blast. Okay. So, you know, we try to pick a, a product every week that we're talking about, mm-hmm. but this gives you a whole list of products every week it goes out. Right. And you can keep track of what's on sale and uh, wh- how long it's available and what's, you know, what's uh, eligible for discounts. Sure. Free shipping, things like that. Mm-hmm. And much more information. Yeah, that's good. So, check them out at year one dot com in cornelia and we're going to keep you posted when the showroom opens up because it'll be worth driving to georgia to see what they got cooking in oh, the yeah. showroom year one dot com well tim that's just about a wrap for this week i'm going to uh go through the list of people we need to thank and that would be lanier technical college right our buddies that help us with classic car restoration that would be Year one. Year one. And Concept One Pulley Systems. And I got to give a shout out to our producer who keeps us separated every week as we're doing the show. Uh, you're at one end of the workbench, I'm at the other. He, he arranges, <laughs> he takes care of all of it for us. That would be Bill Wilson and uh, especially Andy and Pooja Duff. Oh, yeah. Color Works by Duff. Go to their go to their website, their Facebook page. They're all over social media. They do phenomenal work on phenomenal cars. They, they That's why do. they're internationally known. Oh, absolutely. And I should point out that Tim's Auto Upholstery, which you are the proprietor of, yes. does the upholstery on a lot of these cars. Right, so it's kind, right. of a, it's kind of a joint well, thing. It's, 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 it's an it's, awesome it's a cool thing. They're, they're a great couple, and they work so well together. They do. Next week's podcast is going to feature Brian Moody. He's the executive editor of Kelly Blue Book and Auto Trader. Uh, he's a young guy, mm-hmm. and he's a car guy. Yes, he and is. He, he has got his thumb on the pulse of things. I mean, no one gets to experience as many new vehicles and what's coming no, out as Brian no, does. Absolutely not. Let's not forget about Bud's Garage Radio Show on WDUN. Uh, that is uh, AM 515 FM 102.9 and is live streamed. You can get the access WDUN um, link on your phone. The app, that's the word I was searching for. And that features local guests and their expertise, which no matter what town you live in, mm-hmm. you have got local guys and local gals that have the expertise and right. if we can get the conversation started you can go talk to them exactly and and find out more about what's available to take care of your car or you know what products are out there all those kinds of things so we can kind of link it to whether it's here or california yeah that's the whole purpose of this uh remember to keep between the ditches shiny side up we'll see you next week right here at bud's garage overdrive the podcast have a great week